Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you want to follow up with any of the stories I'm about to share, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org. Let's go to our first story of the week, LGBT folks show physical and mental symptoms. A new study led by Scott Emery Moore found that LGBT individuals were more likely to have experienced physical symptoms of COVID-19 during the pandemic than were their heterosexuals as gender peers. They were also more likely to have symptoms of depression and anxiety, including at levels that crossed the clinical concern threshold, highlighting the toll that the pandemic is taking on mental health. So this is a really interesting study because since we don't have good data collected by the state or federal governments around actual rates of, um, of COVID test positivity, this is um, a really good way for us to kind of look at this problem from another angle and see that people did have more symptoms, which whether or not that means there were higher cases of COVID um, or higher s- symptomatic cases certainly indicates that there you know, should be more concern in this community. And also then looking at the mental health aspect, which we know has impacted everyone, I think. I, I don't think anyone has gone um, kind of unscathed by the pandemic, but to see that LGBT folks were having higher levels of these symptoms and that these, you know, these weren't mild symptoms, these were uh, concerning levels of depression and anxiety. Next up, PrEP interest high, but use low. Outreported on a new study led by Ian Holloway that found that PrEP use among queer men in the U.S. remains stubbornly low. They found that only about 10% of study participants consistently took the drug to prevent HIV infection over the course of this long study. 90% of gay and bisexual men said that they were willing to try PrEP, and many men did try it during that period um, while the study was going on, but it was only that 10% number who actually stuck with it throughout the study uh, and basically indicated that you know they, they were planning on continuing to use it. So, of course, we do know that there has been some research to show that there are benefits to things like using PrEP, um, you know, on a weekend or using PrEP on a vacation or, uh, you know, during a time when someone's planning on being particularly sexually active, there's actually some research out to support that. But we also know that the best practice is to get someone, you know, consistently using it to um, to maximize its efficiency. So um, kind of, you know, concerning news overall and uh, and just the fact that these were only um, you know, it's 10% of people who, who were eligible for it, I should add, um, you know, who were good candidates for it. Um, that's still pretty low all of these years after first learning about the benefits of PrEP. Our next study looks at communities supporting LGBT older adults. Oakland Press reported on the ongoing challenges facing LGBT older adults during the COVID-19 pandemic. LGBT older adults often rely more on their communities and chosen families since they're less likely to be married, less likely to have kids, and often estranged from their uh, families of origin. So staying connected uh, is really important and has been hard for this group um, during COVID-19. We know that older adults in general have really had to follow stay-at-home guidelines in order to protect themselves. So folks who are used to, you know, going out into the community to find support are not able to do so. 
The article also highlights a lot of community programs um, that are available uh, to help bridge the gap, which uh, are good, I think, examples that you know are, are probably being replicated um, and followed in other parts of the country as well. And our next story takes us to the other side of the age spectrum and a different part of the country. Pandemic complicates limited resources for youth. WZDX reported on how the pandemic is impacting the lives of LGBT youth in Alabama, as well as uh, more broadly across the nation. The pandemic has taken a toll on the mental health of youth, but LGBT youth are already more likely to face mental health challenges due to stigma and discrimination, notwithstanding the pandemic. So that makes this time um, really concerning for advocates. They also talk about support at school, which we know is is already an issue, especially in places like Alabama that are not uh, as as far along on LGBT rights. And uh, that's become even more difficult during the pandemic, of course, because um, many schools are not open or they're open only in a hybrid model and probably a lot more difficult for LGBTQ youth to gather together and seek out adult support in that kind of an environment. So I do want to plug with both of these stories, Centerlink's LGBT Center directory. If you're looking for a program either to get support or to find out how um, these programs are supporting youth and older adults and everyone in between, I highly recommend that you check out the directory, which is available at lgbtcenters.org slash lgbtcenters. And in our next story, some states poised to reduce rights. The Daily Beast reported on moves happening in some states to ban transgender teens from being able to access hormone therapy and puberty blockers or to participate in school sports. A lot of states are um, are currently, uh, you know, well into their their new legislative sessions. Um, I know many states have really early deadlines to file bills for that session. So, um, in a lot of states that are are where there's some kind of movement to act against LGBT rights, um, we're already seeing those bills popping up. And this article is a really good summary of of what's happening. There are 13 states that have already seen legislation filed so far this year, and more could follow. Advocates say these policies would increase stigma and worsen the mental health of trans teens. And as the story before this one indicated, this is really the last time, uh, you know, the the worst moment for LGBT and specifically transgender youth to be having to deal with these additional stressors when there's already so much that they are dealing with um, along with their peers. And finally for this week, North Carolina sees changes. NBC News reported that North Carolina has seen a recent rush of local LGBT non-discrimination ordinances. Previously, there was a state law that banned local governments from passing their own local rules to protect LGBT folks. And that just expired on December 1st. So with a lot of towns back in action for the new year, um, there's already been a a few uh, cities that have done this and more are looking at extending local protections. Of course, this doesn't do as much as a statewide or federal um, protection can do, but it's way better than not having anything on the books. And it also sends a really positive message. So, so far, these protections have passed in three cities, and these include prohibiting discrimination in hospitals, doctor's offices, and other healthcare settings. So, a lot there that directly impacts health, and that is especially important right now during the pandemic. These also apply to employment settings, which we know is also critical for health, not just for our mental health, that we have a safe place to work, but also to get access to insurance, which is critical.
Now, again, I'm going to make a plug. Uh, we've covered you know, a couple different topics where there's a lot of um, movement happening on LGBT rights. And uh, we have to remember that this isn't just at the federal level, but that there are things happening in all of the states and in many local governments. So if you want to follow along, I would recommend that you check out ActionLink, which is Centerlink's program to help folks get involved in um, these types of policy issues. And you can learn more about that at lgbtactionlink.org. Well, that concludes another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Again, if you want to check out anything that I've mentioned um, along the podcast, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find uh, all of the links to the stories and also the resources that I mentioned. I hope that you will tune in again next week for another edition of the podcast.